Good, good morning, afternoon, or evening. What a truly beautiful day it is. Wherever you are, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your humbled host, Tony Serrano, and this is The PhD in Me. Welcome back. So if you missed last week's episode, I was talking a bit about taxes, how all the taxes work in our country, and I encourage all of you to actually go and Google your city's annual budget. You know, just type in your city's name and then annual budget and kind of go through it. See where all the money that you're paying, even if you're a renter, you know, still that's paying. So definitely go check it out if you don't know too much about taxes or you just kind of want to refresh. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. So today is really a more casual episode, so I want you all to go get comfy. Maybe put on your earphones and maybe start cleaning around the house or go for a little walk. So it's going to be super casual. And um, I kind of wanted to start with uh, this new Netflix thing that I was watching. Um, I'm sure all of you have seen it. (laughs) And if not, I actually think it was kind of funny. Um, It's called Too Hot to Handle and it's on Netflix. It's like a little mini episode um, and you you get like, I don't know, I think there's like mm, 10 people, five guys, five girls, and basically they're serial swipers and, you know, they go to this place in Mexico where they're around these beautiful, beautiful people, but they can't like do any sort of physical contact or they lose money and the whole thing is that at the end of the 30 days I think um, they can win a hundred thousand dollars so I don't want to spoil anything um, but I was watching that this week Um, I'm gonna be honest last week I didn't really run I was just kind of doing indoor workouts so just like a quick little update So yeah, I was just kind of kicking it, watching that show with Angel um, (laughs) when we had some free time. And I actually, like, I started, first I was lured, because Francesca, oh my goodness, she is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Like, she is so beautiful. And Rhonda, oh my god, like, they're, they're so beautiful. And um, so, like, that's what caught my eye because, you know, obviously Netflix puts it right at top when you're when you're looking. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to indulge. <laughs> I kind of wanted to see, you know, like um, people our age, you know, like closer to Angel and I's age, you know, what they're doing, kind of their lifestyle. And um, I don't know, it was just out of curiosity, but it actually ended up being, you know, not like a raunchy... I mean, it got raunchy, but it wasn't, like, super bad. Like, it actually had good intentions, um, and it was actually kind of cool to see the little mentality of people all over the world. They're just gorgeous, beautiful, fit bodies, but (laughs) anyways, so, um, yeah, I liked it, and, uh, I guess I just told myself, like, don't feel guilty watching it, so, you know, you just gotta indulge in life, (laughs) so I did. Um, and then, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't really run last week, but then I ran three and a half miles yesterday, but I've really been liking these indoor workouts. Like, I already mentioned Michi Pichi and Valentina Lequex, like, they're, like, so good on Instagram, it's free, um, to look at all their account, their body workouts, 
And then um, I think, you know, during this time that we're quarantined, I think if you haven't already, like, start taking advantage of all the free trial memberships. Like, I downloaded Aloe Moves. You know Aloe? It's like a yoga brand. It stands for air, land, and ocean. So, A-L-O, moves.com. They're doing, like, a free, I think it was 14-day, it could even be a month. I think it was 14 days, 14 day trial. And basically what they have is like yoga type workouts, but then they also have like full body 15 minute workouts. So I did the one last week. Um, it was with Josh Kramer. It's called The Limit. And basically in 15 minutes, like you do a bunch of exercises. And let me tell you that I've, you know, I've lifted heavy in the gym and I've done, you know, multiple, I probably did like four yoga classes in a day. And I've, you know, I've done, you know, the 15K. So these exercises, 15 minutes got me as sore as those did and those would be like our workouts so i would definitely check it out if you haven't taken advantage of the allomoves.com um go check it out and uh yeah like do the limit and i'm telling you like the next day you'll be so sore <laughs> i was so sore i was like how could i not walk like it was just body workout but anyways long story short body workouts are dope i've been doing them um, another membership that I took advantage of is Audible. So it's like audiobooks that are recorded and then you can just listen to them. And that one's an actual month. So yeah, download Audible. There's like a bunch of free books. Like if you have an Amazon account, um, don't start your trial. Just go and see what free books are already included with your Amazon Prime membership. Um, and then if none of those resonate with you or there's a specific book you want, you can just try the Audible trial. And, um, you know, while you're cleaning or, you know, around the house or you're going a little walk around the neighborhood, like you could just pop your earphones in and uh, listen. So it's super cool. Check those out. And then what other ones? I've just been doing like a bunch of free trials, but you know, it's funny. Like I keep in my notes section on my iPhone, I put like what memberships I started and when they expire so that I don't get charged to renew because I've done it a few times where I'll, I'll do the free trial and then I'll get charged because I like missed the date to cancel. Anyways, that's kind of like what I've been up to this last week. Um, I had like a parenting episode scheduled for today. So we're going to briefly go over that. I'm, you know, again, just super casual. Um, I feel like things are starting to take a turn for the better. Whether it's true or not, I feel like a lot of people are ready to start getting out and getting back out there and taking their health seriously and, you know, washing their hands, social distancing, wearing a mask, you know, these are all the precautions that we can take and still be able to go out and, um, you know, stimulate the economy and just see other people. I mean, I just miss people so much. <laughs> so yeah, and then I guess the thing is too, like with the body workouts before I transition, um, I've been looking online because I've been wanting to just lift weights like I'm like oh like I just want to get a squat rack and I want to get dumbbells and I just want to lift weights and you know the gyms are still closed so I'm like dying but then I've been looking on let go I've been looking on craigslist and you know everything is so expensive like the cheapest squat rack and this isn't including the bar and this not including the weights is five hundred dollars 
and you know the good ones that do come with the bar but not the weights a lot of stuff doesn't come with the actual weights you know like the rubber plates that you put on the sides of the bar like nothing comes with that but anyway so the nicer ones that come with like a pull-up bar or you know something else or a bench those are like twelve hundred dollars and I'm like oh but that's just a squat rack like I want a row machine and you know I want free weight dumbbells and you know all these things so it's been crazy like no lie I've been literally having dreams of working out like a few days ago I told Angel right away I was like babe I woke up and my dream was me looking in the mirror doing bicep curls and and then the other day I was like doing squats and or just like working out in general and I was like I am having withdrawals for sure so I thought it was funny but anyway so like I figured by the time we set up our own home personal gym it's gonna be like at least 20 grand like to set it up the way that we want you know um, with the mats and you know everything you know like the lap pull down and you know like all the row machine it's, it would be like close to 20 grand you know with the weights and everything so then you know me being a weirdo <laughs> I like went and did the math so like if you do 20 grand because it's $300 um, for a yearly membership, like if you pay in advance for LA Fitness, I'm sure it's about the same for 24 hour, but um, it's about $300. So I did like 20 grand divided by $300. That's like 66. So in 66 years, I will have made the money from the gym. But then I started thinking, like, uh, is that really efficient if I had my own home gym? And it's cool. Like, people, you don't have time to go to the gym or whatever. Like, you know, if you have the space in your house, um, go go, go for it. You know, like, I'm sure when Angel and I are older, like we said, in our dream house, like, we want to build, like, an indoor gym. But besides the point, <laughs> I actually like going, like, actually getting in the car and going to the gym because it's just, like, a habit I guess and then I know like on the way to the gym I'm getting pumped up and then when I leave the gym I'm like really calm driving home you know and uh with all the machines you know the Stairmaster and the treadmill like with all the machines there's such a diverse array at the gym and I don't have to maintain it you know it doesn't take up any space in the garage so I can store more things, <laughs> but, um, and then I just see people, which is cool, it's just, it's just nice, I miss seeing people, and yeah, I mean, YouTube is cool, Netflix is cool, Instagram's cool, but, like, I miss seeing actual-faced people, <laughs> so, you know, going to the gym, um, I feel like for that same amount of money over 66 years, like, I'm just gonna pay it, it's actually a pretty good price, I mean, the only downside is that, you know, when things like this happen and we got to, like, make sure that we wash our hands, we don't touch our face, you know, uh, we're cleaning the machines down, you know, just, you know, taking basic precautionary sanitary measures. So, um, I guess I'll just keep doing body workouts. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people online, they're, like, lifting their dining table or their sofas. Um, so, I have, like, ankle weights, thank goodness. Um and I've been using ankle weights, I've been using the rubber bands, and then just pure body weight, I mean, go and do 50 push-ups, and I guarantee you're gonna be sore, your abs are gonna be sore, your thighs, you know, obviously your shoulders and your back, and your chest, so anyways, <laughs> that's a little update. I think last week, if I was gonna have some sort of epiphany 
um, just to share with you, like, I was feeling super guilty for having free time and finally, like, giving myself a break to breathe. Um, I'm just gonna read what I wrote in one of the notes, because honestly, I feel like, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have heard, like, journaling really helps mental health, and I totally believe it. I'm a advocate, totally support it. Um, but you know, not every time when we have our baby sleeping in our bed, can I just like go up to the office and go write, you know, so I've, I've really taken to using my phone and using notes or pages and, and writing it there because, you know, I can stay on the bed with him. I don't have to move like in the early morning or when I don't want to wake him up too early or in the night before bed and I don't want to leave or wake him up like I'll just use my phone or you know Angel and I will text back and forth and I'll just screenshot so like you know anyways so like journaling is really cool and so I'm going to read you something that I wrote um here we go so I have a horrible relationship with free time I accept it but I'm not happy with it I have a negative association towards indulgence. I feel guilty. I feel lazy or useless somehow. I feel like I have to set myself an allowance for free time. Like I can only have it if, but I suck at if being enough. I get greedy once I achieve all my goals. Like somehow I have to achieve more to really earn my free time guilt-free. If I don't feel like I suffered enough for my free time, then I'll just add more goals to my list. And then I burn out and end up going an entire week doing nothing. Could I just be okay working hard for 30 days and taking a week off? Yes, I could. Perhaps that's just how I function, 30 days at a time. And so I guess, you know, to summarize, like, I've just been so massively guilty because this last week, like, I didn't go on a run, I wasn't doing yoga, I didn't even meditate, um, so I was feeling, like, super guilty, I just wanted to eat lots of sugar and watch Netflix and just do nothing, and it's not that I was doing nothing, like, I talked about how we have quarterly goals, and so, I feel like the from January 1, even like December, like I was just pushing. And even since I published my book in November, like I've, and then I started writing in like June, July. So, you know, since last year and then we got married and we had the baby and, you know, all these things. So like I've just been consistently pushing and not pushing in like a a willful way, like a control way, but just... I've just been like like a rocket ship, seriously. They just keep going, going, going. And so finally, I guess after starting this this new year off so strong, I finally like hit my like rest point. And it happened last week. And I guess like in the moment, I'm just like putting myself down. I'm like, oh, you're being lazy, Tony. Like you need to go. You need to be reading a book. Like you need to learn everything now. You need to be the best mother right now. You need to do, 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 do. And I was like, like this is so, like I hate, I hate hating myself. I hate like judging myself. I hate guilting myself or shaming myself or blaming myself for like taking a week off. And then I realized I'm like, well, what if that's just the way I am? Like in, I do 30 days at a time and then I take a week off. Like what's wrong? What's so wrong with that? Like that I have to think that 365 days every single day that I have to be going, going, going. Like, no, like I, when I wrote that down, I was like, okay, 
yeah, I can be okay with that. And it's, it's kind of like talking myself down from the ledge to the point where like I'm not seeing clearly. And then now I'm like, I come down and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that seems super reasonable for me to just do 30 days at a time and take a week off. And, you know, I was talking with Angel about it. And I feel like we have similar personality types. And as I was talking to him about it, I was like, you know, it's kind of like a wave. Like, we go in waves. So if you start a point at the bottom left of a page, and then you draw a diagonal line to the top right corner, like, that's that's progress, right? That's going straight up, you know, at a good pace. But then if you zoom into that line, it's actually a wave that, that undulates. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And every up is higher each time and every low is higher than the lowest point but when you zoom out it looks like that line but you know that line of progress of success of growth really is an undulating like ebb and flow like ebb and flow the yin and the yang the the pullback like imagine that when you take a breath in that's the ebb that's the pullback and then when you exhale that's the release. So like imagine it as ocean waves. So you know as the as the sea, the ocean breathes in, it pulls the water back and it kind of tenses. And then as the ocean exhales, the waves crash and they break onto the sand and you know they go the water goes everywhere, right? And I feel like I love I'm obsessed with that break part, that flow that just it goes and it glides all over the sand, right? But the thing that I'm really uncomfortable with is the pullback, that breath in, where there's a little bit of tension. You're storing all that energy you just breathed in, all that oxygen is in your lungs, you know? And that tension that builds, I get a little anxious. I feel guilty. I'm like, you know, I want to release it. I want to let it go. And I guess that little pullback is something this last week that I've been trying to work through to be okay with having that ebb part. So if that makes sense, that's kind of where I'm at. So, you know, everyone's a little bit different. Like I can go 30 days hard at a time where I'm just like massively productive and just just doing everything I need to, like keeping the house clean and paying all the bills and working and reading, stimulating my brain, eating really healthy, you know, working out, having a great relationship with Angel, having a great relationship with our son, you know, just, just really like into it right but then but then at that 31st day like I need a whole week sometimes it's 14 days it could be 7 to 14 days usually it's like 7 to 10 but um where I just I can't I I don't want to think about bills I don't want to think about working I don't want to eat healthy I don't want to work out like I don't you know I, I lose my patience more more often you know with my family so and you know I guess I just ask myself like isn't that okay like, yeah, it is okay. And so, you know, find where you work the best. Like, what is your timeline that you work the best? And I that's why I like to set quarterly goals. You know, the, the 30 days, or actually it's 90 days, right? It started in January and then it ended in March 31st. And then, so then April 1st starts the new quarter, right? So that's why I set them because it's a good reminder for me to just kind of check in and see where I'm at and take a rest if I need it or keep going if I feel strong, you know? So just take a moment, maybe think about like, 
what are the times in your life where you felt like that wave was just right you were riding the wave with ease you were flowing like you were just being super productive like all the to-do lists were always getting done you were just like managing your time really well and then just kind of see like how long were you able to keep that up for and then did you have times where you pulled back where you kind of took a dip where you got a little bit more distracted you spend a little bit more time on instagram netflix youtube right and then you weren't really focusing on the things that you needed to do. And and just kind of start to be aware of those times. And then you can start to train yourself to go longer. You know, it may just be a week at a time and then you need two weeks rest. It's like the opposite, right? But then the more you become aware of things, the more that you can consciously make the changes that if you don't agree with what's going on, you can change it. So that was like a little (laughs) check-in, a little epiphany that I had um, last week, and I kind of just worked through it, accepted it, and so now we're going to get into parenting. I was watching, I know that not a lot of people like to watch shows like this, but I I do when I was in, I want to see the first time I watched the show was probably, I probably shouldn't have watched it, but I watched it, I think, in, like, middle school, but the show is called Intervention, and I don't remember if you have watched it yourself, but basically, it was, like, people that were addicted to drugs or alcohol or some sort of behavior, and then they had an intervention, and, you know, they interviewed, like, all the parents, and they went through, kind of, like, the childhood of the kids, and, you know, so I was watching, kind of, a new, a newer filmed one, Um, I think it was back in like 2006 and I want to look up the name so that if you're interested you can watch it Um, let's see okay cool so I found it it's called addicted and I was watching it on Hulu which we also had a free trial for Um, and it had two seasons so basically I was just like observing and I I feel comfortable watching kind of the not so bright side of of life because I feel like everyone deserves a second chance and so when they're so open to allow people an insight into their life I think we can learn a lot from it and I know a lot of my friends or, you know, a lot of people don't really have the stomach to watch, like, crime shows where, you know, people are getting hurt, but um, I really feel like I've gained a lot of insight by watching the, you know, the not-so-good side of life, because I do think it plays such an important role in our own personal development and to see, you know, where can we learn from their mistakes And where can we now have more empathy and, you know, really help to make subtle differences in our life, you know, because when you're watching intervention in shows like addiction, like you see the patterns as a viewer and clearly, you know, in the moment that they didn't see the patterns or their parents or, you know, all the people around them didn't see these patterns and all of these, you know, indicators that there was something else going on so I was like kind of watching it and just thinking about parenting and I was listening to to the parents like reasoning for why the child was uh, rebellious and you know I've been listening to the audiobook the conscious parent 
And, you know, I've, I've really tried to understand how children, you know, evolve and what their growth and development and how to nurture them and, you know, how to support them and make sure that they have all their needs met. So I was kind of thinking about the way that modern parenting is because, you know, at every stage of our son's life, every month there's like these new developmental goals that like each child should be having like at one month, two month, three month from just um, lifting their head up or clapping their hands, holding their hands, looking at their hands. You know, obviously there's big milestones like walking or eating by yourself or talking, you know, but um, with that, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've been researching like sleep patterns and, you know, how to help calm your baby and how to comfort them and how to stimulate their brain and how to, you know, give them good food. So there's so much like parenting advice out there. And I've really noticed just from personal experience that a lot of like the tactics and tips and tricks, they really just like mitigate the problem the parents are having trouble with. So like, the baby not sleeping through the night and then just letting them cry it out. It's like, it doesn't really get to the source, I feel like, of of comforting the child and making sure that they're okay. It's kind of just like if they're having anger outbursts, like you just put them in timeout or, you're, you know, there's other ways to to combat that. But I don't feel like there's a lot of proactive tips and tricks for new parents out there. Um and I had to really, really dig to start finding the ones. So there's a really, really good book that I totally support. It's called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. I'll put it in the description. And then obviously Conscious Parenting. So these books are more designed to not just like fix the problem, not to just address the problem and be reactive to the problem. It's actually how to have a deeper connection with your child along the way and give them lots of tools to deal with problems or deal with emotions because, you know, kids have certain emotions and they don't experience all of them at the same time. You know, when they're, when they're babies, it's literally, I'm uncomfortable, I'm comfortable. And they just cry for anything that makes them uncomfortable and then they're happy for everything that is comfortable. But as they grow older, you know, when they're three and four and five, like they start having different types of emotion like frustration or anger or jealousy or, you know, like there's these little things. So anyways, long story short, like I've just been looking at parenting and I feel like kind of like the old way of the tactics and even like the modern um, outcome of using those tactics for so long have really, really created a track record for all of us to, to recognize and reflect on. And so, you know, when watching this show Addicted, like I started to kind of make a little list. It's really just three points, but um, a list of, of some of the things and the, some of the ways and themes that I see a lot of parents, you know, with my friends and just, you know, watching shows and reading books and hearing stories and testimonies, all sorts of things. And I just feel like, you know, these three things maybe aren't as productive, as efficient, you know, aren't really helping the child develop and to become an adult who is resourceful and can be independent and, you know, 
be self-sustaining. So the first one I felt was a common theme is that parents usually guilt the children. It kind of goes down this, this mindset. So it's like, don't let me down. And what I mean by that is I was like watching and a lot of the language that the parents use to express their child's misbehavior is like as if the child is letting the parent down by not behaving. The child is letting the parent down by not behaving. And I was like so... It was so bizarre for me to think that because I'm like, wait, like this is the child. And and now it's the child's fault for misbehaving and somehow they're letting the parents down. Like that's like this weird dynamic that I feel it's really subtle. It doesn't say it, but you mean actually no, I've actually heard parents say it, like you've let me down. But, you know, they're the child and you're the adult, right? And parents love to use that as an excuse. So then why can't we use it in this scenario? You know, I feel like it should be the opposite. Like, I won't let you down as the parent. Like, any time that my child is misbehaving, it's a reflection of, of the parent, right? So this these new books and these tactics um, that I've been learning about, it really starts to hold the parent accountable for, like, hey, you know, if your child is being really impatient, perhaps is that a reflection of you when you're impatient? Um, It gave a really good example, like the children watch us when we're driving. And if we get like really upset about um, traffic, then the, the child will also be impatient in situations that they have no control over. So it's like if the kid is at a doctor's office and they have to wait, well, they're feel like they have no control like when you're the parent is stuck in traffic so then they're going to react the same way that the parent does in the traffic you know because they've seen and felt the emotions so I thought it was super insightful and I actually believe in it a lot I know obviously it takes a lot more effort for us as parents to admit that we that are that our children are a reflection of our behaviors So I thought it was super insightful and I feel like a lot of my friends um, harbor lots of guilt somehow for letting their parent down because they're not living up to all the standards and expectations of their parent. And, you know, I see it so much when I talk to my friends, like there's just such high expectations of the parent and they don't want to let them down. But really, I feel like, man, the parents are letting us down. And, you know, as a parent now, it's like, I don't want to let our son down. Like, I want him to express himself and to be happy. And, you know, like, I don't want him to have to fulfill my regrets or or the dreams that were unmet in my life. You know, like, I just, I don't want to let him down. And I think maybe that's the new modern way of parenting that we need to kind of start talking about. You know, whether you have kids or not, or if you're thinking about having kids, like, it's just a good way to start to become aware of of what you appreciated growing up and what you felt like you lacked or in what kind of needs you weren't met and what kind of needs were so that, you know, when you become a parent and when you can talk to kids, the kids in your life, whether you're a parent or not, you know, you can just be aware of of how those kids are feeling in that moment and kind of just not let the childhood pain pass us by because, you know, the pain of childhood, it never ever goes away until, you you know, you 
figure out what was causing the pain, and then you choose to let it go, to forgive, to surrender, you know, whatever, um, will bring you peace and, and you heal that pain. Because if you, you know, don't go through it, you don't sort it out, not only can you not learn from it and use it in your life, but it'll just keep staying there. It'll keep lingering, you know, it'll just embody into some sort of um, hindrance in your body, whether it's a disease or, you know, a mental, you know, it'll just, it'll just manifest in a different way. So, I think that's a really good thing is that, like, idea, this idea that the parent should be responsible to not let the child down. And if the child is acting in a way that is not, um, acceptable, then it's a reflection of the parent. So, that was, like, number one. And then number two is force them to do everything they didn't do in life because they think it's what's best. But really, how can you force someone to live out your regrets? That child is so unique. You're robbing them of their dreams. So it's this cyclical and inherited idea to live vicariously through our children. So yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about, about like, don't let me down. So there's like these high expectations. And I think as parents, we need to become aware of the bias and of these expectations that maybe we don't verbally say, but through our actions, we, we say that, you know, um, maybe when someone talks about like, oh, we actually know this is a good, a good example. Um, I was talking with Angel about it and um, we were just talking about life. And he said, you know, sometimes people, when they want to hear what they want to hear, they're more interested. But then when you express what you want are interested in, they're not interested. So what do I mean by that? Like, give an example. So, you know, obviously Angel and I are more financially inclined. Like, we actually enjoy the financial literacy aspect of life. And sometimes that doesn't interest people. But I think that it still deserves the same amount of attention and presence as if it was something that you were interested in. So when it comes to parents, like, okay, like, our son might not be into sports, So it's something that we have to become aware of our bias and our expectations. And even if he wants to talk about something we're not into, which thankfully we are into kind of a lot of different things from animals to travel to, you know, different types of spirituality and finances and, you know, the science, I'm into super sciences and, you know, but anyways, long story short, so it's like, say I for, I am into piano, but say I wasn't like, I, as a parent, I need to become aware that if our son came to us and said, you know, he doesn't like sports, but he wants to learn piano. I have to react the same that I would if he said sports. Because if he said sports, I'd be like super enthusiastic, super like, oh, that's so awesome. I'd ask him a bunch of like follow-up questions like, oh, what sport do you want to play? Oh, what position? Like who inspires you as as an athlete? Like where, where did you get your inspiration from? You know, like what friends? And, you know, I'd ask all these questions. So in that same token, I have to be interested in the things that don't interest me as a parent. So if he comes to piano and say, for instance, I didn't like piano, I'd have to react to his interest the same way that I would with sports. 
I'd have to say, oh, really? Like, what kind of piano do you like? Do you like the jazzy? Do you like the really high light piano? Do you like the really soft, sultry, classical piano? Like, who inspired you? What did you listen to? Like, I have to just be as excited about things that I'm not excited about. So the more we become aware of our internal bias, our internal expectations to our children, then we can really help and support and foster their growth. Because they are unique and they do need the support. And then I guess that leads to the third one. So I kind of mentioned this earlier, but it's them versus us mentality. It's like this authority elder complex. It's like the battle of the ages where we clash heads because it's like, well, I'm older and you're younger. So you got to listen to me because I'm your elder and you have to respect me. But it's like not reciprocated. Um, I think that's like a really old methodology of teaching, of parenting. And I think a better way for parents to now teach and you know obviously no I'm not a psychologist or whatever but in my personal experience and in researching the history in my own personal life like I feel like it would be a more efficient way and and tactic to be at the same level as your kid to talk to them the same way that you would like obviously I'm not saying that they can cuss you out and slam doors and 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 just completely disrespect you But in the moments that they challenge you or question you, like have that conversation as if you were having it with your partner or your friend, like have a nice lighthearted debate, like give them the time of the day to listen to their opinions because I cannot stress this enough. I have so many little kids in my life and when I talk to them just like, I would be their age, they're so insightful. Like they really understand the whole like, do unto others as you would like to be treated or they really point out flaws in our society like hey this doesn't make sense like why do like a lot of times angel sister would ask me like why do adults do this why do like she'll ask just questions about life and i'm like you know that's a really good question like i've never thought about that um that's like and then i'd explain the reason why they do it but then i'd say you know well that really doesn't make sense huh and then she would be like reply and it would be this whole conversation so i think instead of you know kids always seeing adults as elders and that they can't um talk like there was this one i was watching like a comedy and he was like citing proverbs and um something about how children are meant to be seen or not heard or or something like that like where basically the child shouldn't be speaking in conversations and I was like oh that's so messed up like now I get where all of this idea comes from but I really think we can learn a lot like when our ego is is absent And we can just have like a really nice present conversation where we don't feel threatened or we don't feel attacked or judged or anything. It's just like a nice open conversation. So I think those are kind of like the three points that I would do obviously as as a parent now and just like talking to my friends and my peers and my neighbors of just like parenting in general. Like there's like these old ideologies and I don't really think that they serve the children in the way that they need to. I don't think it fosters their growth or evolution as adults. I don't think it really helps them to be self-sustaining and independent and to have really great relationships. So just to recap, um, there is guilt on the children. Don't let me down where I think conversely it should be 
I won't let you down. And anytime there's misbehavior going on, it's a reflection of me as a parent, so I need to like check in with myself. Number two is, you know, forcing them to do everything that you didn't do in life, that all the regrets that you didn't have or all the unmet dreams that you never satisfied as a parent, don't push that onto your kid. And if they're interested in something else, be as excited as if it was something you were interested in. Like become aware of those bias that we have, those silent expectations, and just really applaud your child for their unique abilities and their talents. Like really just support their thoughts and, you know, support them in general. And then the third one was obviously the elder complex. So just, you know, talk about, (laughs) just talk like, eye to eye, see eye to eye, and really consider and and question with them and have have some fun with it. I mean, just have some fun. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned um, when reading all these books and, and listening to the audiobook and, um, you know, just reading all the blogs is, you know, when being a conscious parent, you just got to have fun with it and do it day by day. Like, you don't have to be perfect right away. Like, I think that really ties into this past week where I was having a little bit of guilt for relaxing. Um, I want everything so fast and I'm like so impatient. I want it now. I, I set up this false sense of security to tame my impatience. Um, I tell myself things like, oh no, like entrepreneurs have to go, go, go and you can't be lazy. And I have like these preset, you know, uh, back to that podcast um, on the personal development side effects. That's like, I have like these pre- um, programmed things that I tell myself when I'm having free time and enjoying it like I have to guilt myself to work but it really is just a lie so that I neglect the fact that I'm just so impatient like I just want to be the best parent right now I want to be the best partner right now I want to read all the books right now I want to set up the financial future right now I want to retire right now I want to be fit right now. I want our son to start talking right now. I want to learn everything right now. I want to be so impactful right now. I want everything to go back to normal right now. But the truth is, it takes time. I've literally been looking at the glass as half empty, not half full. I haven't been meditating, you know, this past week or working out. And then I think that none of that stuff works. It's all baloney. I start saying, I can't even finish an audiobook. I can't even read the newspaper. I can't even eat or wash my face. Instead of thinking of all the things I can do, all the things I've done, you know, I've sold all my nail lamps during this quarantine. I don't know if you've been seeing my um, stories on Instagram, but I had like a bunch of nail lamps that were stored. And then all of a sudden the orders started coming in because, you know, I think because all the nail... um, salons are closed so people want to do their own nails so long story short like I sold all of them I had like 250 nail lamps and I sold all of them um today actually I sold out today this is my last shipment and I'm so happy to like get rid of all of them and I got halfway through the audiobook like I was so present with my son today I read to him I played I stimulated him in the ways I knew I got to run this morning and ate a healthy breakfast and lunch you know I need to accept my patience in this process I need to accept that I need rest sometimes too and not guilt myself so much for it I must repeat all the things that went right today all the things that go right throughout the day not just see it as one more thing to do so I feel so exhausted more than I need to you know talking about how much work you have to do and then actually doing the work makes you double the tired so just do it and then rest after 
It's simple, right? But not easy, clearly. You know, so this is the part where the PhD in me, it's like this constant reflection, this constant conscious honesty. So it humbles me and empowers me to make the changes that I need to, not succumb to it and then quit. Say, oh, forget it. I'm not really meant to live that way. When in reality, I am. I've just been believing the lies society tells us to believe. That we aren't special. That we aren't unique. That we should just fall in line. It'll be safe. It'll be easy. You know, I feel like society wants us to give up. Give up on our dreams. But I really feel like the key to being successful is to surrender. So if you missed episode number three where I explained the difference between giving up and surrendering, go check it out. And even if you did listen to it, go listen to it again because I'm the one who made that episode and I clearly forgot this week all about it. (laughs) So hopefully you can um, laugh a little bit at my pain and kind of maybe learn from my mistakes and just go easy on yourself. So, you know, hopefully this is a good lighthearted conversation, super casual episode this week. Nothing too crazy. Um, If you have requests, I'm always taking requests. So please just reach out and let me know what you want to learn about or um, a little bit of a story time that you feel like you want some insight towards. So with that, I hope you have a lovely, lovely day. The sun is shining. It's super hot now. I wish the pools were open. They're closed right now. Um, I kind of want to fight for having them open. We actually couldn't wait anymore for our sun. It was just way too hot. So we went to Walmart. I got like this cute turtle, like little baby pool and we filled it with water and oh my gosh, he was having a blast. So I think I might even jump in there with him today. (laughs) So stay cool, stay fit, stay healthy, healthy mind, um, hang out. Let's have a conversation, message me. And with that, I will talk to you all next week. In light and love, namaste. Have yourself a bright day.